This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome to the MVFC First and Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Burke, and joining me today is the new head football coach at Missouri State, Bobby Petrino. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How have you and your staff improvised how you are communicating and teaching your players right now day to day due to the coronavirus? Yeah, improvise is the right word to, to use. That's for sure. It's, uh, it's certainly been different. Um, one of the things we've really tried to do is, is stay positive, um, and set schedules and try to work with those schedules. So basically what we're doing is we get up early and, and, uh, have staff meetings in the morning, um, by Zoom, uh, which go pretty well. Um, our main topics always are how are our players doing? Where are they at? How are they doing eating? Are they being able to work out and, and are they safe? Uh, and then we always talk about recruiting. Um, we have been able to, to get video and, and start working on some game planning and, and stuff like that for our early opponents. So that's been good also. Uh, and then in the afternoon, um, we spend the early parts of the afternoon in recruiting. Uh, and then, and then most days this week, as a matter of fact, we've been able to meet with our players for an hour at three o'clock every day, um, by Zoom. Uh, and they seem really excited about it and really, you know, gives them something to really look forward to every day. Um, and they've been into it. So it's just the teaching of the offense, defense and special teams um, over video, which is very, very different. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, are the majority of, of your players, are, are they back home with their families? Yeah, we have a number of them that are here. So probably I think we're up to about 20, 23 guys that are in town in in Springfield uh doing their academic work we have a no, uh, number of guys that are doing rehab for injuries that they've had before and they only open the the facility at certain times during the day but they they've done a great job with it our our training staff has um and then we um you know have, have guys that are trying to find ways to work out uh and then the rest of them are at home and, uh, you know, try and really just be in lockdown at home right now. What are you hearing, if anything, right now about the possibility of the NCAA changing restrictions on summer workouts and, and practice time, assuming that we get on the backside of this coronavirus here in hopefully by June? Well, basically, you're hearing talk, you know, and, and the first part of it is that that we might be able to have um, they're using the term like NFL OTAs, you know, um, for the days that you missed in spring football. So if you miss 15, you, you might get 15 of those OTAs. If you miss 10, you get 10 and so on and so forth. Cause I know there are some teams that already finished their spring balls. So that would be good if they did that. Um, I think in our, in our level, they're also talking about the fact that we might allow students to be here in, in town and, and working out and, and maybe not being uh, taking classes in the summer. So uh, that would be something that would be good, too, And because um, this has certainly been a strain on, on the budget. So there's no question about that. 
you and Missouri State Athletic Director Kyle Motes have a relationship that dates back to your first stint at Louisville. When you learned about the Missouri State job opening, what what intrigued you about the opportunity, especially considering the team was coming off a one in ten season? Well, the first thing is I'm very familiar with the with the area. Uh, when I was coaching at Arkansas, we used to come up here. Um, my daughter had a couple golf tournaments that she was in. Um, and we'd also go to Branson, which is only 30, 35 minutes away, uh, which is just a, a beautiful place. Uh, my, my daughter also took an official visit here for their, for their golf team. Uh, and I came to that with her and was really impressed with the campus and the facilities and everything they had here, um, and a beautiful city. So those were the first things, um, as far as them coming off of a, a bad uh, season, I, I see that as a, just a great challenge. You know, I feel like we're going into the top uh, FCS conference in the country, uh, playing against some of the, the best, best teams in the country on a yearly basis. Um, so it's a tremendous challenge. You get to go in and, and face some great players and great coaches and um, build a program. So, uh we see a, we have a, a huge challenge ahead of us, but uh, I think we've been able to put a good coaching staff together with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, um, and looking forward to the challenge. What are some of the first things that you and your staff implemented since taking over the job? I think the very first thing we did was talked about looking ahead, you know, tearing off the so-called rearview mirror and not worrying about what's happened in the past and not listening to um, you know, we haven't won for 30 years being said and just look forward and, and, uh, worry about what we do today and how we get better today as a student, as an athlete and as a person. Um, and that's what we've been focused on is, is one day at a time. And, um, you know, the recruiting part of it was something that was, uh, we had to do right away. Um, they had already signed 21 guys. Um, so it really became, uh, let's evaluate the players that are returning. So we had to watch video of them, put what we called 15-5 tapes together, where you watch 15 really good plays or their best plays and five not-so-good plays so you can know what's on our team. Um, and then we had to watch the video of the guys they signed and make a decision on, okay, we've got eight or nine scholarships left. What direction do we go here? And um what positions do we really need to recruit? And I felt like our guys did a good job. You know, we had some good contacts in junior colleges and out in California and uh, Coach Fouts and, and Nelson Fishback, who who had those contacts, did a really nice job for us. So we, we finished up recruiting, and, and I feel good about what we have coming in. Um, just really looking forward to getting to see them. That's, that's the main thing. That, that makes sense. Coach, you're considered one of the best offensive minds in, in the game. And so Missouri State, last year they ranked towards the bottom of, of the FCS in total offense. But when you went back and, and you watched film of, of the guys you have back, where does the biggest opportunity for growth exist on the offensive end? Well, we have a number of returning guys on the offensive front, which is is great to see. Uh, guys with experience, uh, size and strength, and um, certainly didn't play to the way they would like to have played a year ago. But I think there's talent there, and and that's exciting to me. Um, we've got some good receivers returning. Demario Vick is a guy that uh, we feel like can be a really really good player for us. And the tight end position is is returned some big, strong, athletic guys. 
um, that we really feel be a, a place that we can um, distribute the ball and convert third downs with, uh, which is always something a quarterback needs. Um, a young man, uh, Jerry Wilson, is a really good running back. Um, he got injured, so his ability to come off of that injury and and work to get better um, is something that he's doing extremely hard or working extremely hard at. I think that'll be important for us because he, he has tremendous talent uh, and, and is a difference maker. Uh, quarterback position is one that we don't know a lot about. You know, the, the starter was a uh, last year was a three year starter. Uh, so there's not a lot of video of backups on video and, and, uh, it's wide open. That's what, that's what, uh, hurts in missing spring ball is, you know, our ability, our ability to evaluate the players and see what they do well and what they need to improve on and what direction. So it's going to be a great challenge for us to find out what our identity is. What is it that we can do early? And, and, um, you know, I think our, all of our coaches understand that. Um, and I think we're all excited to see if we can do it better than anybody else. Will you call plays? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's what I like doing. I I really enjoy calling plays. I like the preparation for it. You know, I like to uh, spend my time on Thursdays and Fridays and in preparing and watching video and kind of mock game planning it and going through it and then calling it on Saturday. I think is something that's been fun throughout my career and I truly enjoy and um, so I'll continue to do that. Coach, you grew up in a football family. Your dad was a longtime coach at Carroll College in Montana. What are the biggest ways that he shaped you as a coach? Yeah, it's hard for me to even account for all of them because, you know, I used to get out of school and run three blocks and be on the practice field, um, you know, as early as fifth and sixth grade, be the I used to have to be the end in the triple option read. So I either had to come down and take the quarterback, go to the pitch man or feather the quarterback. And, and if I didn't do it, do it right, my dad would get on me right then. But, uh, you know, one of the things that my father always believed is number one, make it big time wherever you're at, whatever level that you're coaching. It's a big thing to all of your players. Um, so treat them the right way and make it big and special for them. And um, certainly I think that's something we're going to do here at Missouri State. Um, and then the other thing he always said was you can always find a way to win. And, uh, you know, no matter what your talent is, no matter the obstacles that you face, there's a way to win. And, and uh, you just have to approach it with a positive attitude and, and very, be very strategic in doing it. Um, and I really believe that. You know, I think some of the successes that we've had over the years, we were big underdogs and still found ways to win simply by growing up with his influence. Um, so those are those are things that stand out to me. And, you know, I, I miss him a lot. We lost him a couple of years ago. And um, but he's always there with us. I know that your son, Nick, is on your Missouri State staff, as well as both of your son-in-laws. As someone who had a chance to coach with your dad. How special is it to be able to do the same with three of your sons? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Nick's been a guy that played quarterback and knows the position. Um, he grew up in it as a student coach at Arkansas and a, a graduate assistant and then a full-time quarterback coach. Uh, you know, had the pleasure of coaching Lamar Jackson, and he did a great job with him. Um, I think we balance each other very well because Nick's a, a very calm, good teacher and and really into the teaching part of it. And 
um, be able to keep the emotion out of the quarterback room, I think is good at times. Um, and then I'm the guy that wants to put all the pressure on the quarterbacks at practice to perform really, really well in practice. So I think it's a, a really good balancing act. And, you know, as far as my son-in-laws, uh, our defense coordinator, Ryan Beard, is, you know, a guy that I hired twice before he ever met my daughter. Um, oh, really? I guess I made the... Yeah, I guess I made the right decision when I I was asked one time, who do you want to sit at your table for the kickoff luncheon? Um, We've got some of these young guys available. And I said, I'll put Ryan there. I like Ryan a lot. So we put Ryan there and him and my daughter met. And and then I guess it's history from there. But uh, he's a guy with high energy and and great emotion. And and as far as coaching defense, I think that helps us a lot. we're going to be um, very sound and, and very aggressive and, and play with the type of attitude that you have to play with on defense. And then LD um, Scott, who coaches our defensive line, you know, he played for me at Louisville, recruited him out of high school. So I've known him for a long time. And um, I really thought I raised my daughter smarter than to marry a football coach, but they both <laughs> gravitated to it. So uh, I guess it's kind of kind of like it's been. They They just don't listen to their dad very well. Yeah. Two of your cousins, Jason and Jared Petrino, are coaching at SIU. um, And they they really made an impact last year on the Slukey defense. I'm not sure how close you guys are, but have you had any conversations with them since you joined the league? Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're we're pretty close. Their their dad is a a twin brother to my to my father. Um, And, you know, they grew up from coming to our house a lot. Jared, one time. Uh, my father and my brother were supposed to be babysitting him when he was a young kid. And um, they woke up. They both fell asleep and woke up. And Jared had crawled into the um, fireplace and came out charcoal black all over him. You know, so I guess my brother and dad weren't very good babysitters. But it's a good story for Jared. Um, but it is kind of funny because I ran into him at the national convention. Um, and we were having dinner and, and, and a beer or two. Um, and I was quizzing them about Missouri State and asking them about, you know, their personnel. What do you think? You know, and um, one of the things that resonated with the, with the, with us was, you know, we watch them in pregame. We watch them on video and they look great. They got big kids, they got talented guys. They just haven't performed very well. Um, and they had no idea that I had an interest in the job, but they were just telling me all <laughs> about it. So um, that, yeah. that was good. But. Um, and I did go watch them play last year one time. They, they played, my son was coaching at Tennessee Martin and they played Southern Illinois. So I went and watched their game and, and it was good to see them and they're doing a good job. They're, they're uh, going to be a challenge and, and obviously something we want to do is go beat them. You mentioned earlier Ronnie Fouch, your recruiting coordinator and running backs coach. You know, he, he played quarterback for two seasons at Indiana State. So what kind of insights has he given you into the league so far? You know, Ronnie's a guy that um, I've been very, very impressed with from the first day that he started working for us. He's just so mature, uh, so understands the game of football, understands players, and his relationship with the players is is really amazing. Um, but he knows the league, and, and obviously playing in it, he knows how competitive it is and how good the players are. Um, so obviously he, he helps us with that. But I think his most valuable is in recruiting and understanding, you know, the the guys to go after and and uh, the guys to offer early and the guys to keep your eye on. 
a big part of recruiting in this is 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 knowing who's going to develop and who's going to mature and you know that uh, no star that goes into a a draft pick is what we have to understand so i think we with his uh input it helps our our entire staff a lot you spent ab- about 14 months away from the day-to-day grind of football through self-reflection what what did you learn about yourself during that time well, I missed it a lot. There's no question about that. And, and, uh, it was hard to see the clock tick. The, the clock wouldn't move during the day. The days got long and slow. And, uh, and so I decided to write a book. Uh, and I think that was, that was fun, uh, and very challenging and, and very difficult. Um, there was a guy that I, I had met out recruiting. I recruited his quarterback and, um, his name is Joe Metzges from O'Fallon, Missouri. Uh, and then he called me up when I was the head coach at Louisville and wanted to see if I would allow him to come in and, and do his thesis study on our players. Um, cause he's a, now a doctorate in psychology. So I said, yeah, come on in, man. Let me know what these guys are about and, but make sure you don't tell me what I'm thinking all the time. Um, you know, that's always the scariest thing about being around those psychologists is they look at you and think they know what you're thinking. Um, I wanted to make sure he didn't try to psychoanalyze me every day, but, uh, so he did that and he kept telling me, you know, Hey, when you ever want to write a book, call me when you ever want to write a book, call me. So after I got bored a couple of months, I called him up and we decided to do that. Um, but it really was fun. It, it got me up every morning. It got me involved in football. We watched video. We went back through old playbooks. We did about everything you could do and studying and, um, allowed the clock to tick a lot faster. Uh, and so we got that published and, and, uh, I'm proud of that, excited about it. And, and I can't tell you how happy I am to be back working with players and coaches and back in the game of football. I'm sure the, the book, it, it came out in January. What's been the feedback you've gotten from other coaches that have had an opportunity to read it? Yeah, the guys that have, have gotten feedback back to me said they enjoy it. And there's been a number of my players that have read it that, that I coached and they, you know, remember the old plays. I just heard from Stefan LaFleur's, uh, yesterday. Um, and he just said how much he enjoyed it and how much it brought back memories. And cause Stefan was a great player for us. And, um, you know, I, I know he's in that book a number of times just simply because. You know, it's mainly about offense and, and coaching the quarterback position. So he was one of those special quarterbacks that I had the pleasure in, in coaching. And, um, now he's a high school coach in, in Baton Rouge. So, um, it's, it's fun to, to correspond with, with them. And I actually talked to all of my old quarterbacks, um, leading up to it and they gave me a couple quotes to put in it and stuff like that. So. Not just writing the book, but the research and the uh, communication with old players and other coaches um, was something that was fun about it also. Coach, at every one of your NCAA stops, you've sent a quarterback to the NFL, Lamar Jackson included, and you mentioned him earlier in the conversation. You had the opportunity, along with your son, to coach Lamar at Louisville. What did you see in him that, that so many other people did not that that told you he could be really successful in the NFL. Well, I think the the first thing about Lamar when I first met him um on a, a home visit, I actually saw him at school first and then went to the home is that you saw his natural leadership 
and his charisma and how much he loves life and loves playing football and enjoys being around people and how natural he was as a leader. You know, they just jump out at you. His big smile and his, you know, love of, of everything was um, something that, man, I sure hope he can play quarterback because he's really the type of uh, person you want in that position. And then the very first day we had him at practice, you know, everybody looks at the way he runs and how quick he is and fast he is and moves. I was looking at how he threw the ball and how he saw downfield and how quick he could snap his wrist and get the ball out. And I guess one of the frustrating things was how many coaches you told how well he threw it and they really didn't believe you. You know, they, they just looked at he was a runner and, you know, there'd been a couple misses in the NFL leading up to that on athletic type quarterbacks. And I think that that hurt a little bit. You got to take your hat off to the Baltimore Ravens because they were the, the one team that came in and truly studied them and met with all the coaches, spent, you know, a couple of their coaches spent an hour and a half in my office talking to me about them. Um, and I thought they were going to take them with their first draft pick. And then when they didn't, I was like, Oh no. Um, but then they came back in and got him. But, you know, his, his competitive spirit and his love for life and his love for competition, um, is unbelievable. Uh, and it just, and, you know, it highlights the talent that God gave him. When you look at your career, you're 119 and 56 as a head coach. And over those 14 seasons, you've had only two losing seasons in that stretch. Why have you been able to quickly have success? at every stop on your head coaching journey? Well, I think I've just been fortunate enough to, when I was raised in the profession, uh, to be around a lot of coaches that, that uh, you know, have helped me with what, you know, kind of the formula of, of how you win, you know, how you win with players, how you win with practice, how you win with technique and fundamentals, um, and how you grow a program and, and you know, be positive and, and uh competitive and tough and you know one of the great things about football is it is the ultimate team game so everything that we do we're, we're working to build a team and and do it together and you know find the leaders of the team and once you get a, a some special leaders you have a chance to have some real special teams and I guess I've been fortunate enough to be around some really special leaders young men that really cared about you know, football and competitiveness and studies and off the field. You know, we try to balance their life and if they can get it in balance, then they can excel. So that's what we're, we're working hard to do. You said in your introductory press conference, um, that, that you're well equipped to teach players about how to overcome obstacles in their life. You know, when you've had difficult moments or challenges in your own life and career, how have you gone about overcoming them? Yeah, I think the first thing you got to do is face it and, and, you know, own it and, you know, um, do what I refer to as take the arrow in the forehead. Um, and that, that helps you, um, overcome it and, and then, and then move forward. You know, it's something you can't sit there and dwell on or have an excuse for. And, you know, we have a lot of players on our team that, that, uh, have obstacles growing up and family issues and, um, you know, things that are tough. Uh, and I always tell them you can go one or two ways. You can always use that as an excuse and why I didn't get something done, or you can always use that as the most motivating factor in, in your life and the reason why you excel and why you're so good at, at what you do. So, um, 
I think if, if the, you know, I got to make sure that I use it as a motivating factor to do the best I can on a daily basis. For anybody that, that follows you on, on Twitter and social media, uh, you're, you're pretty regularly posting, uh, videos and pictures of your grandkids who are who are really cute by the way how is bobby petrino the grandpa different from bobby petrino the head football coach uh, well i'm pretty soft as a grandpa now you know i i feel like i still have years and years ahead of me to get even with my kids so <laughs> the number one thing i try to do with with my grandkids is spoil them you know give them chocolate before i take them home to see their mom um, we always have chocolate cake for breakfast when they stay at my house. There are no curfews or bedtimes and, um, it's just have fun and enjoy them. And they certainly put a smile on my face and, and, uh, make it really, really enjoyable, uh, to be a, a grandpa, although I don't feel like a grandpa and they call me coach. So, uh, I think that's pretty special too, is that they, they don't even call me grandpa. They just say, Hey coach, what's going on? So that's, that's pretty neat. <laughs> that's awesome. Selfishly, I, I wanted to ask you. So I, I'm a, an alum of Arizona state, was a student athlete there and grew up out in Tempe. And really uh, one of the reasons I fell in love with the game of football was uh, I started watching ASU football, um, back when Jake Plummer was there. And uh, specifically the, the year that they went to the Rose Bowl. And I, I know you were there a couple of years before that, but you had an opportunity to, to coach Jake Plummer. And so what was that experience like? Awesome. You know, I, I also recruited Jake, you know, as one of my great recruiting stories is to to go to Boise, Idaho and, and spend an entire day watching all his junior video and loved seeing it, loved everything he did. The ball came flying out of his hand. He scrambled around and make plays. And then the head coach said, well, you want to meet him? I know you can't talk to him, but you want to meet him. And he brought me up to the door and, and I watched Jake walk across the room um, from his class. And I was saying to myself, oh my gosh, I think I just wasted a whole day because he was um, – you know, about 155 pounds, long hair. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this can't really be a uh, packed in quarterback in it. And then he shook my hand and he engulfed my hand. He had these huge, huge hands. And I was like, oh, thank you. I did. I didn't waste my whole day. And then um, ended up having a great relationship with him and his mom. And we recruited really hard to get him and, and coach Snyder, Bruce Snyder was the head coach at the time, a guy I truly, truly respect and um yeah. guy that really helped develop develop my career and helped in the run game and um you know, it's just it was so much fun to, to coach Jake because he's always a guy with the with the same type of personality as Lamar. You know, loved life, enjoyed everything, smiled a lot and uh, worked extremely hard. Coach, I want, I want to be really respectful of your time because I know you got a team meeting to get through, get to in a little bit. First of all, I appreciate you working through all the technical things with me. I know that's kind of out of your job description normally and, and looking forward to, to meeting you in person in the fall. Well, thank you. I sure appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, this, this technology stuff is a little over my head, but I'm, I'm getting better on it on a daily basis. Certainly, certainly one of my goals. Hopefully you won't have to be doing this too much longer. So hopefully we can get everybody healthy and, and back out on the field sooner than later. Definitely. And, and thank you, Kelly. I sure appreciate it.
You're welcome. If you like what you heard from Bobby Petrino and our MVFC First and Gold podcast, take a moment to share, subscribe, and leave a review. Lineupmedia.fm also is home to many other sports podcasts, shows like Two Birds on a Bat, the Blues NHL podcast, and The Drop. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.